0: Makai was really upset that Cam was in the movie because you know, Makai, a real, real actor. Yeah. And he was like, Man, why we got this rapper in here? We just have real actors playing these roles. That ugly money. Uh, uh, dead ugly money. Yeah, say it's that
1: ugly money. This is the Ugly Money Podcast. It's about the process of success. Everything between your first dollar, your first million. That's ugly money. money. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to yet another episode of the Ugly Money Podcast. I am your host. Ugly Money Nietzsche This episode is being brought to you by Engorge Rejuvenation Team Promoting erection to stamina Promote size, the boost, and boost libido Make sure you go to engorge.com to get yours today My special guest of the evening Toronto, Canada's own <laughs> Freak Boy is here, ladies and gentlemen What's up, my brother? I appreciate you making some time for us, man. Great to be here. Long way from home, long way from home. Atlanta the
0: second home, though. I be here all the time.
1: Hey, man, look, look, you know what I'm saying? With a name like Freak Boy, Atlanta's <laughs> the place for you to be, sir. Yes, sir. So, first question of the evening. Who was Freak Boy before Freak Boy
0: became Freak Boy? Man, I've been like this my whole life, really. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, bro. <laughs> I ain't never changed. i always been like this. Uh, just started rapping, you know, about when I was about 22, 23. Yeah. Started rapping, and... Freak Boy became the name. So uh,
1: how did you come up with the name Freak Boy? <laughs> Man,
0: I didn't do it. I moved to Texas when I was younger. Okay. And uh, I quickly had a little reputation. And I walked up. Um, it was some people sitting up. I walked up. They talked about that. It's like Freaky Boy from Canada. <laughs> and shit, they, they called me St at the time, so I just turned <laughs> into Freaky T. Yeah. Uh, I took some time off from music. And when I came back, the first song I did was called Freak Boy. And so we changed the name from Freaky T <laughs> <laughs> to Freak Boy.
1: So uh, living life... Uh, Allowed you to uh con uh to to coin your name.
0: Yeah, I only rap about what I know.
1: <laughs> he had away with the ladies.
0: <laughs> I mean that's it. <laughs> so it is said that Nicki Minaj is the one that got away. <laughs> yeah, that's uh when I first started, like we didn't have no money. Uh somehow I got hooked up with Nicki and her management and um I wanted to do a feature with her. Okay. And uh she I guess she was with, with uh with Young Money and they were, they came to Toronto. All right. And they said come get her and she's gonna come do the feature. And uh, it was five bands. I didn't have five bands, so um, you
1: all, you had a Nicki Minaj feature for five. Remember this when
0: she first started, right? Ooh, this like and it's I wanted, like bro. mixtape, Nicki. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And just okay. like first time she was with Young Money, and I, I just couldn't put it together, bro. You know what I'm saying? It was we we not like that then, so I had to pass on. I missed it. Shit, obviously I wish I didn't. You know it's, You know what's crazy? I got a,
1: I got an early Nicki Minaj story. When I was um, I was promoting parties in Virginia i never forget, uh, Shout Out Hopewell. I was in Hopewell, Virginia, doing a party. They had brought Nicki Minaj in. And I remember she was booking for about $3,000. Right, right. And uh, I wasn't paying much attention. They had me hosting a joint or oh, whatever, and I was just like, "Man, you know, should I get a picture with him? I'm like, I don't care. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is another, yeah. another rapper coming through. Totally was like sitting adjacent from Nicki Minaj the whole time and didn't get a picture.
0: I feel like man, I, I did that a few times in, in my life, pick pick before they came a star. Yeah, and uh, I mean Nikki was one. You know what I'm saying? Like I picked, her, I I liked her, I liked the I liked the mixtape. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know she was gonna be this big, uh-huh. or I was like would have found the money, but you know five bands then was it was a little much? You saw it before I did because I ain't see it back
1: yeah. then. I was, it was like I get crazy, Nicki Minaj,
0: nah, really? and like
1: all the young college girls was into it, and I was just like. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it, right? right yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, they, you know, five years later, she's like monumental or whatever. I'm like, man, I could have had a right. total Nicki Minaj picture to flex with or whatever. <laughs> you know, I did the same thing with Migos though. Really, bro? I had I had take off, and Quavo in Augusta, Georgia, for twenty five hundred dollars. Cause I, um, quick story. Coach K had hit me. I was on the radio then. And he wanted to bring, you know, he wanted me to start playing Versace. This is before Drake was on it, bro. right? And I was like, yeah, man, you know, I will work it in, da, 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 da. So I'm working the record <laughs> in, and so me and Coach K got agreement. You know, you play the record, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you, the, you, know, the the the, the, the show for twenty five hundred. I'm Damn. like, Offset was locked up. I'm like, man, I'm playing the hell out Versace, 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 Versace. My program director come in uh, like two days afterwards. He's like, "Hey, uh, what's what's that Versace record you're playing?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's uh, Mr. Migos. It's really hot in the streets." And he was like, "You play it again, you're fired." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! That's crazy. He told me straight up. He's like, "You play Migos Versace again, you're fired." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Man, I ain't know what to tell Coach K. I ain't calling back. I ain't want to get cussed out." Right. Anyway, they did the show. Uh, and then I got cussed out by Coach K after and I was like, hey man, it's not my fault. My program never got the tripping. And then literally Drake jumps on the record like the next week and it's in main rotation and it becomes a huge record, you know, huge record in the retreat. So that's my Migos story of uh, of the one that got away. So your first major feature that you actually did get off
0: was Big Tuck. Yeah, you know, I'm being in Dallas, man, you know, DSR that that was like who everybody looked up to. Yeah. And Tuck was the man, Tom was the man. They were just about to uh you know, released their album. They just signed their deal with Universal. Wow! And um, the homie Big Ticket hooked it up with Tuck, and uh, and we did we did a record all the way that way. And um, I mean, it still go hard. That record yeah. still go hard to me. But it kind of um, got me in with DSR. I did some records with Tom. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tom, you know Tom is. Yeah. I mean that was my. You know he was he was to me the hardest one on DSR. Yes, sir. But the real the real dude on DSR that I messed with was Big Tight. Okay. Because when I got to Texas, I wasn't really into screw music. Mm. I didn't really, I, I didn't really feel it. <laughs> and the first, the it's first. It's an acquired taste for sure. Yeah. But the first tape that really hit me was uh, was Charlie Boy and Tight. And so uh, someone gave me that, and I loved it. And then then me and Tight hooked up, and we did the mixtape together. And me and Tight, good friends to this day. Yeah. So that you know that the first feature with Tuck, we did a cool record. But what it really did was get get me in with the DSR so and that's with dope. Tight.
1: Now, what was it like working with him though? Like during that, how was that studio process?
0: I mean, I didn't. I went in the studio with Tuck. With Tom, I was in the studio, yeah. and Tom, like you know, I, he he the kind of rapper I like. He exactly like he is in public. Yeah, he really liked that.
1: Do Texas rappers sip lean as much as people thought they did back then?
0: I think so. I mean, you know, I, I think so. Like that wasn't really my scene. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't really into the lean, but yeah, like I don't know anybody that didn't. You don't know anybody that didn't. I mean, <laughs> that's all <yeah. hard. laughs> So the double cup truck, yeah, they was really, they was really cupping it up. They was really I mean, like I said, it wasn't my scene, so I w I wasn't really into it, but um, you know, from what I from what I remember, everybody, yeah. you know.
1: Shouts out to Texas, man. I remember the first time I heard screw music. I was, I think I was in San Antonio, I came in for AIT, and I thought the radio was broke. <laughs> right. Right? I right. remember getting going to the PX, buying a radio. I'm right. over here like, I want to see what's new on the radio. I just got out of basic training, hadn't heard nothing in three, four months, you know, first time in Texas. And I turn the music on, and they screwed right. up. My, y'all, who? My, <laughs> right. y'all, y'all, I'm like, what the right. fuck is wrong? And I'm hitting the radio, like, yo, what's going on? Or whatever. So after about five minutes of hitting the radio, somebody coming like, what what is you doing? And I'm like, bro, there's some radio messing up, man. This shit is it's, it's, it's dragging. Right. And it's like, nah, man, it's screwed.
0: <laughs> and I was coming from Toronto, and the DJs at that time, where they were known for speeding shit up. Oh, wow. And so, you know, you hit that screw, I was like, what? And, you know, so that's like the... The Texas jump, but then in, in Canada they play a lot of reggae. Yeah. So to me, like, screw is the Texas reggae. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's, so it's like, and I didn't, I didn't feel that first, but that tight, Charlie tape, that, that kind of changed me. How, how did you adapt to the, to the musical differences from Toronto to Texas? I, it, it wasn't really an adaption. That That's what I always like, you know, the, like the West Coast, Down South. That's what I always felt. Um, in Toronto at the time, it was a lot of New York music, mm. and I didn't really like feel that. It wasn't really speaking to me. Mm. It wasn't a life I was living. So. You know the the Texas rap, the Pimp C, the UGK that that was what really you know I felt. So when I moved to Texas, it was easy because that was kind of the life that I live.
1: They say they, they, they do everything big in Texas. Is that true?
0: Ah, that's what I, everything big. Everything. <laughs> Everything's, <laughs> Everything's big. big. I remember
1: seeing those cars with the with the big the, the tires with the with the things popping out. I don't know what they <laughs> <Yeah>. call <laughs> what, what they call folks Swangist, folks, folks folks Yeah, yeah the swanglers and Vogue. Yeah. And I seen a dude with a. Would, would, he popped his trunk, and his trunk had lights in it right. and had, like, all kinds of weird stuff, like, so they was really riding like that.
0: Man, I tell you what, we, we did a release party in Houston, um, me and D-Raw for the single. Ice ice ice. We did that on Friday, and it was it, we went so big, man. It was NBA players trying to get in the section, Texas, and say, what are these dudes doing right now? But that's, I mean, that's Texas. Do it real big. Wow, man. Shouts out to Texas, man. You know, um,
1: we, lo- we lo- you know you know, one rapper... From Texas, that really did resonate with me was Mo. Three, yeah. You know the pain in his voice, um, yeah. the 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 way he put his stuff together with with, with lyrics, but at the same time melodies. Yeah. So, uh, uh, did you have any Mo. Three experiences while you were down there?
0: Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to talk about the politics of yeah, it, yeah. but um, I mean, just as a person, I, you know, that's how I knew three. I didn't know him from the north side or any of that stuff. I just knew him as a person. Being in the studio and his energy was incredible. Um, to me, he he sang better without the without the mic, without the uh you know sound effect without the yeah. engineer like when he just he would be in the, in the studio just freestyling he going off and could just really sing and it was real like everything he could freestyle everything wow like super talented but you know obviously there was some things going on in his life at the time um but he was super funny um just like you know kind of like I could imagine like Tupac would have been yeah, to be yeah. around in the studio you know like he was that kind of worker he wanted to be in the studio all the time um when he we were going to, we did a record, and then we were about to shoot the video. That's when he, oh you know, wow, that happened. But like I said, I don't, I don't get into that politics at all. I yeah, pl- yeah. we played the record a little bit in Dallas, and mm-hmm. I mean it goes hard, and they like it. But I do too much on on the other side, you know. So I didn't really, we ain't really released it yet or anything like that.
1: But I mean, I mean, I mean, you can't just downplay the fact that you picked up a Mo3 record that. Uh, that no one's heard, like that's that's crazy. Yeah, and some
0: Mo three fans heard it, and they love it. You know what I mean? It, it go hard. I can only like, imagine it go hard. So I mean, we're we're gonna see what we can do with it. Um, you know, obviously it's some legal things that you got to take care of. For sure. But I mean, for me, that you know, the politics, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay on some, you know.
1: Yeah, positivity or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But um, you know, the thing the thing that I loved about 3's music was it seemed like it was it came from a very honest and sincere yeah. place, right? Right. And so you know. I would hear certain records, and sometimes it was it was almost cryptic. Sometimes that he was he was actually like like Tupac used to say, you know, kind of. I wouldn't say it's not welcoming death, but he talked about death a lot in his
0: music. I mean, he knew he knew he knew stuff was out there, you know. Like when when uh, that night when I went him in studio, left the studio, came back, he he definitely knew something was out there. He was he was uh, he was always ready, you know. He was always ready for it, (laughs) and so you know, I kind of questioned why he wasn't ready that day. Wow. Um, because like I said, anytime I was with him, I knew he was ready. So a little bit shocking.
1: Yeah, yeah. They definitely had um it's an unfortunate situation. And um from from the uh persona that we got from music and and, and content or whatever, he seemed like a guy
0: that was always gonna be ready. Yeah, he, he was. <laughs> you know, what you know, me and three, like it was a funny story about three was he he didn't really have no ID. He'll do he he get on flights for shows with his with his, you know, without like a driver's license. You know, and, and, just and let him see, on. He you know, whatever he used, he used some kind of but he didn't have like a government ID. And he was like I don't know. I was like, bro, how you, you know, how you going to come to Canada? How are we going to do something in Canada?" He, was like, he you know, he it wasn't no way cuz he didn't have a passport, none of that. So that was just kind of how 3 lived, bro. Hey man. From what I knew. Long live Mo3, man. Right.
1: He, uh, definitely one of my favorite Texas artists of mm-hmm. all time. Um, Just, just the melody, and like he was lyrical, 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 and he had melody. Like he was a double threat,
0: and real is the K. To me what
1: I no you could tell he won't lie yeah. you could tell, like you know you could tell sometimes like well you well yeah. you ain't never did that like you you could tell mo three was said right. you know what I'm saying he won't, he won't he won't lie and I had interviewed uh, Charleston white a little while ago on my podcast and he admitted to being a secret mo 3 fan mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and it was you know it's just an unfortunate situation and I just pray that people can can learn
0: to to not pick up the gun man get money together like let's just get money
1: you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, outside of doing something to my kids or my family, I, where do I want to pick up a gun and shoot you from?
0: Nah, yeah. In Canada, it, you know, it's, it's tough to get a gun in Canada. It's a different world up there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, people have them, and, you know, it's gun violence, but, you know, I, I don't even know. It'd be maybe 150 murders a year, 200 murders a year, and everybody go crazy on that. You know, you look at Chicago, it might be that in a month. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some murders, but it's, it's, it's not like guns everywhere. So what is it, knives, knives and stuff? Nah, they, I mean, you can get guns on the street, yeah. you can't go to the store and buy a gun. Like, it's real tough to get a legal gun. But, you know, they be, you know. If, oh, if, wow. Yeah, so you, you, you can't have, like, I can't have a gun in the house, uh, a registered gun in the house. You got to go through a whole process, so. But if you want to go hunting... I don't know. It's, it's some you you can go hunting. I, I live in the city, so there's no yeah, hunting. Yeah. But you know, what I'm saying you go in the in the country, you can get yeah. a you can get a hunting license. But like pistols, you, you can't go to store. There ain't no gun stores in Canada like that. No gun stores. Not bro. like that. no. Nah.
1: How is the like? I mean,
0: a lot of us wouldn't know. You know what
1: Canada really like? You know, we we, we know Drake, yeah. and we know what the the the. The vantage point that Drake gives us is about Toronto. But what is
0: Toronto really like? Like, super multicultural, big city, like any big city in America, just really multicultural. So, um, you know, if you see black people, it's mostly going to be West Indian, the West Indian culture, Jamaican culture, West Indian. Um, a lot of Africans. Um, it's going to be, you know, every culture in the world is going to be there. It's like a melting pot. Mm. And so the food is great, um, the parties are great, the women are beautiful. Um, the, the, the city is, you know, it's, it's a real nice city for as many people it is. The violence is, is, is not great, but unfortunately in the, in the hip hop community, it's still pretty, 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 uh, prevalent, the, the, the violence.
1: You know, cause, cause like a place like (laughs) South Beach, you know, we, when we think of Miami, we think like South Beach and, you know, vacation, tourists. The bright lights, you know, it's 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 the popping spots. But of course, what what people a lot of people don't know is the other side right. of Miami, which you know, over town and and you know, in them trenches or whatever. Does Canada
0: have another side? Of course. And and I don't I literally I don't do anything in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't I've done two videos in Canada and both of them were a problem. So I don't I don't I don't do shows. I don't do nothing. I do everything like Atlanta, Texas. So, the politics is so strong. So the you know a rapper get a hot song, and next thing you know he got problems. Um, You know, if you look, like Drake tried to, you know, bring guys on tour with him, Pressa, uh, Smoke, you know, they They, they brought him on tour, they kind of became friends. Unfortunately, Smokey had a a hit and like the next week he was dead. You know, uh, Houdini, same thing. Um, So it seemed like when you get a hot record in Toronto... Mm. Then the ops is gonna be a problem, and you're gonna you know, and you gotta have to leave, which is crazy. So even
1: even in even in Canada and Toronto they still kind of got that crabs in the bucket mentality. Yeah,
0: it's, it's every, yeah, and it's and it maybe even worse because because it's so small and everybody knows everybody, um, and everybody's jealous of everybody. Like I said, I'm just I, I don't know that from experience because I don't really I don't do anything out yeah. there. Um, but you know, there's artists that I definitely want to work with that I'm like eh, I just don't want to get into their politics.
1: Who So you're an artist an actor, an activist, whatever you do, come to the Ugly Money Podcast and tell your story. You can be a special invited guest by texting the number right here. Let's lock in your interview. Let's tell the world what you got going on. Over the past 90 days, we've gotten 30 million views on YouTube, 50 million views on social media sites. It's time for the world to know about you. So make sure you text this number so you can come on the Ugly Money Podcast. And you get to meet China too. It's that Ugly Money. That's crazy, man. Hey, look, man, stay. <laughs> sometimes you got to stay out the way. Right.
0: That's, that's not my lane, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> now, the first artist that I ever heard of from Toronto was a guy by the name of Cardinal Offshaw.
0: Official. Official. Yeah, OG. Uh, he, he, so he's, he's definitely the OG right yeah. there. I mean, he signed to Akon, you know, so he like, super talented, and um, the reason why I think he never, like, made it in the States like that is because he rapped that Toronto stuff. And people in the States couldn't really relate to it because it was, you know, that West Indian culture. So I think he did great in Canada, great in Europe, but in the States, it didn't really cross over. And that's the the genius of Drake, right? Drake Drake has a, a, a father from Memphis, so it's already in his blood. Yeah. But he went to Houston and learned that, you know, lived in Houston. I mean, I, one of the realest things Drake has, the, the Houston land of Vegas, right? Yeah, exactly. And so that, that changed Drake's whole perspective on, and what he does, he told that story. After he became big, then he went back and started talking this Toronto stuff mm. and he made Toronto stuff cool when Cardinal was doing people were like what's this guy doing yeah but then when Drake like I said he he was accepted and once he was accepted then he can go back with this Toronto slang and all that stuff cool yeah. cool
1: now you being from Toronto and moving to Texas of course there would be some Drake comparisons <clears throat> have you ever have you ever actually
0: met Aubrey I mean so we bumped in like Bumped into each. so when we started out, we kind of started at the same time in Toronto, and mm-hmm. and I would say our crew was even a little ahead of him, at, you know, for a little bit. I did a, I did a record called Tip Spell with a with a dude named S Davis, and S Davis was the big star at the time. And then um, Drake had a song with Trey Songs and kind of started rolling. But still, Material, S Davis was it
1: Material Girl? What is called? I, I can't remember. It the name, was something Girl, but it was uh, hard. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember that
0: record. And I remember the day my cousin told me, said, "This is dude Drake. He's gonna be a star." And and we heard, and you know, he, he it went pretty fast. Um, but I would see Drake out, you know, early, cause you know, we were in the clubs and stuff. The first time I remember seeing him out, um, you know, when he started getting, when he started rolling a little bit, we were at this like private party, upscale private party, and it was, you know, kind of, you know, a bunch of pe- important people there, and Drake walked okay. in, and it wasn't too crowded, and his just his aura was like, oh shit, this is different. And uh, he quickly got Melissa Ford and went over there and they was talking and Wait shit. Wait a minute, hold like on, on, yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. on, hold on, yeah, on hold on, on, hold on,
1: hold on. Hold on, hold on, Aubrey. <laughs> yeah. He got some motion out here in these streets. <laughs> hold on, you said he got Melissa Ford. He had Melissa hey, Ford with him?
0: I, I'm not saying, she's from Toronto, right? Okay, uh, okay. So they, okay. You know, they was over there talking, but you could just feel, the, feel the, the aura. It was different. Yeah. And so that was the first time. Um, in 13, I was doing a record with Charlie Boy called Southern Girls. And uh, and we changed the beat like last minute before we shot the video. We shot the video in South Beach. And we had finished everything mixing, and we had to go back in the studio. And Drake had taken the studio over by that time. Okay. So 2013, whatever album he was working on, he booked out the whole studio. And we had asked his permission to go back in, so he let us come back in and finish up what we needed to finish. And then when he was done, we went back in and and finished the rest of the project. Um, And he left some stuff, which was really cool. He left, like, a vision board. And um, and we just saw it. We weren't going through his stuff. He was just out there in the studio. We walked in. He had a vision board. And bro, everything on that vision board came through. Like he had like a Grammy. He had like a, one one thing that was cool, he had he had, he had Jim Jones up there and he said swag. Um, wow. he, he had the billboard, he had uh, I mean he had Rihanna on there. It was everything no. everything I wish I had taken a picture he had of that Rihanna board. on there? I wish I had taken a picture of that board because everything on that board came true. That's crazy. And he had to in the studio with him the whole time as he was doing that album.
1: That's that that man I've never heard no story like that a rapper with a vision board yeah and to actually and actually materialize that and turn it turn it
0: and Drake you know everything I know Drake team is real you know real cool like I I'm not going to tell you, I've been but all my you know my people go to his house yeah um because a lot of them be with the NBA players you know Drake be with them and stuff like Yo. that and they you know they all say he's real like you know he goes in he just just a real dude but all his day ones are still there That's dope so I you know I got a lot of respect for him Salute
1: <clears> to Drake man salute to Drake man <laughs> <laughs> that boy slid off with Melissa Ford real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait till I can do that. <laughs> oh, that go, goes Niji. Is that Niji? Oh, there goes Niji with Ice Spice. Hold on. <laughs> 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 I'm going to show Munch, Got dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, so, okay, so I, I still want to talk, like, early Drake. Like, so <clears throat> you, you knew Drake before the fame, before Young Money. W- what was Drake's Buzz in the streets back
0: then. Not, like nothing. Like really, it came, went from nothing. It went from zero to 100 real quick. <laughs> like literally. I'll tell you, S. Davis was ahead of him. Like if, S. D- if he saw S. Davis, he'd be like, you know, kind of fanny to S. Davis. Oh, wow. And then a month later, he was, you know, the, huge with that, that Trey Songz. i tell you, my cousin called me and said, this dude, Drake's going to be huge. And that, you didn't, that Trey Songz was on the radio all, all day, all day, all day, and they just took off. So it wasn't a
1: situation where you just had this, like, monstrous street buzz and then you get signed. It was basically like... It seemed like he left Toronto to kind of... Because I know he was in Virginia with Trey, and I know uh, some of the guys he was working with, because I'm from Virginia. Uh, he was working with Nicholas Fury and and, and Trey and, and a bunch of other people. So he kind of left Toronto, yeah. came back with a hit record, and I remember seeing it
0: on MySpace. Yeah, crazy. And, I mean, it, it was like it just came out of nowhere. You know, he was a Degrassi dura- dude. And, uh, I mean, he... I'd see him in the club, just regular, no security, just just in the club. I think the early work, like he did mixtapes that never came out. Wow. I don't know. I never heard of it. You know what I mean? I never heard it was any good or whatever. The first song I ever heard was Trey Trey Trace record. And um, and everything after that was was great. It was no, you know, no Miz though.
1: Man, that um that vision board is hard right there. Hey, hey, all rappers, if y'all, if y'all watching, we need to see the vision board of y'all studios. I might need to incorporate that, sir. That's hard right there.
0: Everything on it came true. Crazy. I'm gonna
1: put um Cherokee the ass on my vision <laughs> <laughs> Hey, That's an OG. <laughs> hey man, so you've you've had a lot of run-ins and bump-ins with a lot of in- influential <laughs> and
0: iconic people. Talk to me about like hanging out with AZ and Harlem. Oh, uh, that was, I mean, so so I I have had a lot of luck. I worked on the um Payton Full movie when I was a kid. That's crazy. So it's really crazy because I was I was nothing on it. I was just like a PA, you know what I'm saying? And I was I was walking down the street and Cam was walking down the street because he had just got there and he was like, uh, "Where the trees at?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" So I didn't even know who Cam was because yeah. oh, I wow. you know what I'm saying? Like New York, I, I didn't know New York rap like that. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I called my boy up and said, "This dude, Cameron, wants some." And he was like, "Oh, Cam." So you know, we took care of Cam. Then we became real close. So we we hung out. Ninety percent of that movie was filmed in Toronto. And so, um, I mean, they feel paid in full in Toronto. Ninety percent of it, like we did three days in New York. Things I learned today. Yeah, so we went to uh, we flew to New York and we were in Harlem and when we were doing those Harlem scenes and the real Az showed up and he was you know I was with him and uh, I mean it was crazy the real Az and and he he came in and uh, some police sirens came Az was gone. As soon as he heard the sirens, he gone through the store. I never saw him again. Oh yeah, so he pulled up. And was... uh, but I'm talking about all the scars, everything you can see it all. You know, from when he got shot in the head, all that stuff. Wow. So he was coming to scope out the movie, and then... he was like, I think he was a consultant on it. Oh, that's dope. You know, he was a consultant, but he didn't come to Toronto, so it wasn't until we got to New York. And even then, still, he still when he heard the police. As soon did. as he heard, it, he was gone, bro. He's I'm out. He went through the back of the store. I never saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> so did you meet Jay? Yeah. See, man, you got you got one. Yeah. See, you just got Jay Z. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I ran at Jay Z one time. Well, you gotta, you gotta yeah. tell me about that, sir.
0: Nah, it was not I, I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time with Dane. Okay, talk but to me. Just, I mean, Dane was exactly like you think he was. You know, he was real cool. So to he's me. really, he's really He'd crazy. <laughs> like he would scream at the uh, at the catering girls. He would scream at everybody. Uh, it didn't matter who it was. You know, and, and that was before Cam wasn't signed at Rockefeller. So he kind of brought Cam on. A funny story was. Makai was really upset that Cam was in the movie, because you know Makai a real actor. Real actor, yeah. And he was like, "Man, why we got this rapper in here? We should have real actors playing these roles." I think by the end he was cool because Cam killed it, but at first Thanks. he was like, "Why Cam here?" You know, he was mad. Like, and Cam was a hothead, right? So he, you know, he, Cam is exa- you know exactly what you thought Cam oh, was yeah. at that age. That was Cam, flamboyant, cocky as hell, lost girls. <laughs> I mean, hey, we wasn't legal, you know, in Canada at that time, and. Cam, he'll smoke right beside the cop. You didn't care. Cam was wild boy. So wait a minute, Mackay Pfeiffer didn't want Cameron on the movie at first. I mean, at first it was a problem. Like yeah, you know, Mackay was talking that shit, but uh, but I think it was cool just album. to be a fly on the wall on that. Like, but I'm saying, you know, Mackay had a point. Like he, you know, he this is his craft, right? Something yeah, yeah, he, sure. he study and something he work on, and then his rapper just get this great role out of nowhere. But you know, Wood, I mean, Wood was funny because he was like a method actor. So he was like stuck in the 80s. we go out and he'd be in the 80s, talking that 80s stuff. He stayed in character like as much as he could the whole time. That's dedication. Yeah. Cam didn't have to come out of character. I think he just played himself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here comes this rapper on the scene or whatever. No, to be a fly on the wall on those kind of conversations or whatever, like Dame Dash being Dame Dash. is. He seems like he's the type of guy that makes sure that everything is going right and if it doesn't go right, he's going to yell.
0: Everything. But think about this though, Harvey Weinstein was also on that. So think about that. Think about who was there every day. Harvey Weinstein was there too. And Dame don't like him. I mean, they were friends. They were they, they were, were real friends cool. back then though, no yeah. yeah. But Dame just he just wanted stuff the right way. Like he just wanted stuff, you know, to
1: go that way. And that's that's one thing that I that I that I noticed about him, and unfortunately it seems like it, it kind of backfired. It's like you have Dame Dash seemed like the guy that was gonna fight. For his artists and his people or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he was gonna make sure, like, hey man, if this is wrong, I'm gonna stay I'm gonna say something and I'm not gonna let y'all play with us. And I think sometimes like in the industry, you know, they kinda they kinda shun him for that now. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I mean can I mean he was a star, you know, like Dame was a star too. Yeah. It's it's kinda tough when the producer is a star.
1: <laughs> you know, like
0: when we go out and like Dame was a star. He you know, he acted like a star, wanted to be treated like a star. Papa tags. Yeah. I got, I got, I got another funny story. Yeah, yeah. So Regina Hall. So I got. Hold on. <laughs> Bomb drop. <laughs> Bomb drop. <laughs> so I'm just a kid. I got, a, I got a crush on Regina Hall. Don't we all? Right. So she comes. Hey,
1: hey, hey, Regina.
0: This is the, So she comes to the set like the first day, and we're talking. We're just, we're just sitting there talking. I'm like nervous and stuff. And we're just talking da da da. And she was like, you know, what do you want to do when you, you know, when you get ready for your career? I said, man, I want to be a, I want to be a baseball player. And she said, Oh, I used to play for the Cubs. And I said like this, I said, You did? And as soon as I said I tried to grab that shit back, I was so embarrassed, bro. She started laughing. She said, No, of course I didn't play for the Cubs, you <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but I said this shit right away, man. I was I was real love uh, When I'm, uh
1: w- while you're watching this movie be uh, you know, just just coming to life, are you are, do you see or do you feel that it's gonna be this cultural phenomenon that it became
0: paid in full. I mean, I mean you probably couldn't see that, but like, there was lots of problems on the set. Like, Alpo, Alpo, we weren't happy about it. Right? So he was talking a lot of shit. Like, you know, he was about to get released and all that. Like, yeah. it was some, it was some times on set where you were like, somebody might show up and do something here. Like, it wasn't, you know, it, not everybody was happy about that movie. But uh, I think Dame did an incredible job of making it real. Like, I think he did an incredible job putting Cam in it. Like, um, you know, the director was, I mean, killed it. Charles killed it. And it it, it was what it was. Like, all the acting was so good.
1: No, nah, it was. It was. I mean, we we still enjoy it to this day or whatever. I can't say the same about Peyton Full
0: 2. But Peyton Full 1. Right. Peyton Full 1, Peyton Four. You know the director was Charles Stone, the what's up guy. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> he was the director. Man, it's like
1: a lot of freaking legendary right. shit
0: in one spot or right. whatever. You can just... Be a fly on the wall
1: for that. Now, nah, Makai Pfeiffer having a problem with Cam being on set is funny, and I, I and I can only imagine Cam just didn't give a fuck.
0: Didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he over there fuck.
1: living, <laughs> and James like let him let, leave him alone. He's good. Yep. <laughs> like Cam didn't just... give a fuck. <laughs> did he come to? Did he come there Like, did he come to set late or he nah. had like, a bunch of girls with him? And... Yes,
0: sir. Totally professional though. Okay. You know, totally professional. We went, I remember we went out one night. We were in a, in a club on a, you know, Thursday night was a big night in Toronto. We went, all went out, and uh, I got the baddest chick in the club for Cam. Okay. And I was like, Cam, this is my girl, da-da-da-da. And he's like, what's up? And he just didn't really pay attention. Later in night, I said, like, Cam, what's up? Why, why you don't want to mess with her? He's like, oh, she can come when we leave. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Let's go, Cam! That's how Cam was. But Cam, yeah, Cam, Cam always had girls, but he was professional. I always showed up on time ready to work, like, no problem with the lines, you know what I'm saying, like, just a professional dude.
1: You know, being affiliated with Rockefeller back then is, uh, that, you know, you had to be on top of the world. I remember the first time that I met one of the diplomats was uh, in Virginia, and Joel Santana came. Mm-hmm. And it was after a concert, and we were at a, like, the Virginia Union gym jam, and, you know, we're all college kids or whatever, and everybody's in there. And I remember Juels walked in with Freaky Ziki, and they walked in, they walked, you know, it was like ten people with them, and they walked in, went to the DJ booth. And Joel gets on the mic. And he's like, hey, ladies, who want to party with the dips? And he literally walked out. And it was 20 women that walked out with him. Right. And I was like, that's power. Right. <laughs> Ugly morning. <laughs> he's like, ladies, who want to party with the dips? And I'm, I'm sitting there, like the girl I'm dancing with, she's like. And she just ran over there. And I'm like. Like, he took, like, half the chicks out the party, and they just left. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's
0: the biggest thing I got from him was the and swag. And they show back up on campus Monday with their hairs <laughs> fucked up.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> right.
1: You got to hey. love it.
0: But that's what separated them, right, was the swag. Yeah, the confidence. No, for sure.
1: That's what it was. For sure. Yeah. And the fact that he knew that if he just, he's been about to come in this college party and just say, <laughs> who want to party with the dips? I don't know if rappers could do that these days. These women, is, these women will try to, I'm not going back. I ain't going for that. Keita, Keita if, 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 uh, if 21 Savage came in here and said, who want to party with the
0: savages, is you following them out the door? Not See, she hey, but what if I say, hey, but what if I say, who want to party with these five bands? Who go follow me out the door? See? go? <laughs> hey,
1: man, so staying stay in the lane of, of, of legendary experiences, um, you had a chance and opportunity to work with Dark Child.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. We were like, I was with him for probably three, six months every day, all day. And just, you know, getting to see his work ethic and, you know, everybody's work ethic. Plus the artists that would come in to work. So how first and foremost, how did you get the relationship? That yeah, was funny. So he was in Toronto, he was doing some stuff, and somebody asked me if I wanted to to kind of to work with him. And I was I didn't know who he was at all. And uh and so we went in and I, we didn't like each other at all at first. And um, I was like, I'm not coming back. But his, his team was like, you need to come back. You need to come back. I was like, man, I'm through. I'm not doing this shit. And, uh, and I saw him with a, a street dude, having a meeting with a street dude. I was like, what's going on over there? Because you know, Rodney, real Christian, uh, gospel music, all that stuff, yeah. father's a preacher. And I was like, what's going on over there? And so I told him about it. And he was like, oh, man, you don't know what you're talking about. And then the next day, his jeweler called from New York and said, if you see this dude when you're in Toronto... Uh, he got me for, and so now Rodney knew I, you know what I'm saying, I brought value. Yeah. And then um, and then we, we started getting along. And, and, and like I said, we it was like three to six months. Um, You know, he taught me a lot about writing. He taught me a lot about work ethic.
1: So you were in there like kind of like an understudy, like an intern?
0: Or? Yeah, I was, I was working. I was like, at first I was like driving. Okay. I was driving. To, um, they just had me driving around and stuff. Um, but then it just became more like. You know, we got into, into a lot of different things. Like, I listened to, I, I listened to Justin Timberlake's album with him. He's like, come on here and listen to this before anybody heard it. So it was like, you know, we, we became close like that. We, you know, we talked. Um, you know, he, he showed me just, just all the stuff he, you know, he'd been mentored by, um, by Teddy Riley. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you see that. But the artists would come in, like Jada Kiss was in there, Sheik was in there, Silk the Shocker. Like uh, a Marie, so
1: the shot got them off rap, off beat rapping. <laughs> he was I hot see? though. He was hot back then too. Yeah, but. Yeah. Now, um, you you got a Jada kid story as well. I hear. I've been doing my research. <laughs> How do you get? I've been doing my research, sir. Hmm. So,
0: uh, uh, tell me about the Jada kid's weed story. Man, so we're in the studio. They they're about to. Lose, uh, it was Sheik and Jada, and I don't remember who. I think it was Sheik because Sheik was real cool with me, uh-huh. but Jada wasn't re- Jada wasn't really cool with me. And at first, I, I thought, man, why he doesn't like me? Because he wasn't, you know, he, but, but Sheik was real cool with me. Somebody asked me to get him some weed. and uh, <laughs> But they say they want, like, $600 an ounce weed. So they want that gas. So I was like, all right. So I went and got him gas. I'm top, you know Canada got the best weed. So, I mean, they went, Canada went all the time. So I went and got him a bag. And I brought it back. and I gave it to Sheik. And Sheik's like this. And she's like giddy. Like, he's loving this yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, da, 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 da. And he passes Jada. Jada, look, at him, he said, get this shit out of here. Give my money back. I was like, oh, shit. But they swear it was, 600, it was $600 an ounce weed, but he didn't like it. So they didn't take the weed. Jada, was...
1: Jada wanted some of that mid. <laughs>
0: yeah, she, hey, Jada I, wanted
1: that mid. He, I, wanted that good old, he wanted that good old <laughs> New York mid, boy. He wanted yeah. some shake. <laughs>
0: But it was gas. He, he, he missed on some gas. <laughs> <the
1: day. laughs> Jada didn't want the gas. Jada wanted some mid, man. That's that's the headline right there. Jada Kiss wanted mid. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> session. Oh man. I just felt like he
0: didn't like me. <laughs> so
1: so so um you, like I said, man. You, it's it's just, it's just legendary. You know, you, it's almost like it's almost like Forrest Gump. Well, you know, in Forrest Gump, he's just, he's just living his life and he's just around all of this greatness yeah. or whatever. Totally oblivious to it, right? You know, he just, he goes, and it's, it's like, that seems like your, your kind of life story is like, hey, man, I just end up in these places with these people and and they what turn it, out to be... It was a bit of a
0: gift and a curse, though. Okay, talk to me. Well, shit, like, with Rodney, I, like, I thought Rodney was just going to put me on. I thought that was, that was how I was going to be a star. You know, like, when the last conversation I had with Rodney... He was like, he was giving me three, three beats. And you know, his beats were going for 100,000 at time. Mm. He, he said, Look, I'm gonna give you these three beats. I need you to get with this uh, engineer, do the three beats, and then we're gonna go from there. And literally, I never talked to him after that. And we, we've been together, and I'm not blaming him. You know, he got busy, he went back yeah, yeah, to LA, sure. all that stuff. But me as a young kid, I was like, thought everything was gonna get done for me. Wow. So I didn't really like, I didn't put my heart and soul, my, I didn't pursue it like I, like I you know, eventually yeah. learned how to do. I was sitting back waiting for other people to do it, waiting for other people to put me on. Um, so it was a bit of a gift and curse. Like I said, I got, I got great experiences, but probably cost me some years in my career because I didn't know how to push like that.
1: Brother, you're still here, sir, so you're doing something right. Yeah. And you're on the Ugly Money Podcast. <laughs> I can speak of a missed experience, too, by somebody that you spoke about earlier. And I've never told this story on uh, my podcast. I don't think I've told the story to anybody. Oh, man. It still hurts me to this day. Charlie Boy. Ooh. Uh, I had a song in 2008, 2007, 2006, between 2006 and 2008. And the name of the song was Bitch I Look Good. And man, I had that thing moving in in my areas. And this is the MySpace days and everything like that. So I never forget um, D-Ray Davis, the same guy that got Kanye his deal. D-Ray Davis messages me on MySpace It's like, yo, this is a hit song. I can get you a deal. Damn. He had just got, well, I think this is before he got Kanye's deal. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, I'm like, yo, yo, D-Ray Davis, I know who you are. You know, I had his number. Um, so we're talking, he's like, yo, what you got going on? I said, I'm in the military, but you know, I get out in a year. And he's like, look, don't do nothing stupid. As soon as you, as soon as you get out of the military, we're going to get you signed to Interscope. I got a situation over here. And, you know, had me on the phone with one of the a from Interscope. And I'm like, you know, bitch, I look I'm like, I'm about to be out of here, right? <laughs> oh, man, it's, funny, it's a crazy story. <clears throat> so uh, about six months in, he would check in with me like literally every week. We, I'm talking to D. Ray Davis. I'm in the barracks room at my at my military, you know, at, at, on Fort Gordon. And I'm talking to D. Ray Davis. I'm like, yo, I'm about to be out of here. I'm blowing up. It's crazy. And uh, I never forget when I first heard Charlie Boys. I look
0: good. <laughs> when you first heard it? I
1: saw that shit on um, 106 apart. It just popped up. No, no, no. No, not the first time. I, that's the first time. That's the first time I cried about it. Um, <laughs> I, I think I heard it on the... I want to say that. I want to say... I want to say the radio or something like that, right? And so D-Ray calls me. He's like, hey, man, some dude from Texas that got an I Look Good song, too, but I don't think it's going to do nothing. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be good. And I was like, yeah. He said, I wouldn't worry about it. You're still good. We'll get you. You know, because at this time, like, they already had the, the situation approved. They was waiting on me to get out of the military. Right. And so, man, man, it's just, this, this hurts. So a <laughs> uh, week later. They shoot, I guess Charlie Boy shot the video. I'm watching 106 in part. Uh free and AJ. Yeah, man. Today's, you know, new song of the day, you know. Uh Charlie Boy, I look good. I'm, 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 I'm. And I literally, bro, I saw my I saw my rap dreams just, right. just fade away, bro. I cried in the middle of the barracks. I cried because I knew it was over.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I called. I called that same day. I called D-Ray Davis. And D-Ray, if you see this, I, that's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> had a different name back then. I called D-Ray. He's. I was like, Yeah, bro, man. It just hit 106 in Park. He's like, Yeah, bro. Look, man. Look. Um, it it, it it's it's looking bad, man. But like I can tell you <laughs> what. Hey, man. You get another record. Hit me back. Mm-hmm. I never talked to D-Ray again. That's crazy. I never talked to him again, bro. And you know what? I I, I I hated Charlie Boy for a long time. <laughs> I hated Charlie Boy for a long time, and I pray. I'm, you know, I'm not sure if he knew me or not, but you know, in my mind, I'm like, this nigga took my song. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I had a, actually had an opportunity to meet him when he came to Augusta. We did a commercial together, and you know, we shook hands and everything like that. But I hated Charlie Boy for a very long time. Charlie Boy, thank you, man. You uh, you fucked up my deal. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I never, I never talked to D-Ray again. But you know, it was, a, it was a lesson learned, and guess what? We're here now. Right?
0: Look where you are. We're at still now.
1: here, uh. and you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I got more money than Charlie Boy got. I ain't I ain't broke, so, and I still look good. <laughs> <laughs> That's out to Charlie Boy though, man. I talking Hey, did you get some gorgeous rejuvenation tea yet? If you really want to please her, if you really want to give her that pressure, if you really want to have that power, then you definitely want to pick up some Engorge Rejuvenation Tea. All natural male supplement promoting endurance, stamina, uh, b- libido, and size. Because size matters, right? Yes. Of course. So go to engorge.com and get yours today. What are you waiting for? Get out of her DMs and get, never mind, it's that ugly money. So. We're staying in the legendary. That's 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 my story time for today. So we're staying in the legendary
0: lane. You met DMX. Yeah, same time. Like when when Dame was there when we were doing that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know he was in town shooting one of them crazy movies. Um, and X he was crazy. Like he 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 was the dude. Like on Monday they have like a six a.m. call. He'll show up Wednesday. Whoa. Yeah. He like he whatever that movie. He, uh, I can't remember, I can't remember the name of that movie right now. But so he was acting like the typical rapper. Nah, yeah, like uh, but like the crate, like he, he, they, they couldn't find him. He so he shows up. We're 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 shooting um paid in Full in the projects in Regent Park in mm. Toronto. And he shows up in a drop top, like a I don't know, drop top six four or something like that. Yeah, he shows up, gets out, and uh, he just comes over. And X was the kind of like he didn't really pay attention to anybody. Like he go right to, to Dane. Okay. And but for whatever reason, he always treated me like a star. Like he always came and say, "What's up to me?" He'd uh, see so me. So DMX the club. showed you love. Always, it was weird. Like I, you know, what I'm saying, like I, I walk in the club, he walk over and say, "What's up?" And I'm like, "That's hey, strange." Yeah, exactly how we talk <laughs> in real life. Exactly how we talk. So, so this kid, this little, this little uh, chubby kid, he probably like ten years old in the projects. He comes over to DMX, uh-huh. and X is standing there talking to dame and, and he comes over and he says, "Hey, can I have your autograph?" And and DMX just turned to him and said, he said. Little boy, don't talk when grown folks are talking. And the kid, so you think the kid would get scared, right? Yeah. So the kid was like, "All right." And the kid left, and X just goes back to his conversation over there. And he looked behind. The kid gets in the sixth floor and he's jumping around like this. He's like, "Fuck you!" Everybody just started dying. Little ten year old kid, <laughs> <laughs> like, "Fuck you!" In the car. So that's the, out Dmx. So,
1: so, so Dmx is a lot of these people. Their perceptions are actually valid. Like they, they, they act like we would think they would act.
0: I mean. That's who I like. I like real people. Yeah. And X, maybe. I mean, he just he was exactly as you saw him. That's how he was, and he was unapologetic for it.
1: That's dope, man. Yeah. Long live Dmx, man. Long live the dog. Yo, sweet Where do we at? <laughs> now you've been in the studio with your favorite rapper before. Now I'm trying to figure out which one of these people are, is your favorite rapper.
0: And my favorite rapper growing up was Silk. Silk, Silk the Yeah. I so love that Silk PC Shocker deal. got damn off-rapping in. <laughs> right. I don't know why I let I, nah, he was, my favorite. I don't man, know why. Silk
1: to Shocker was Blueface before Blueface became. Right. Every, every Detroit rapper in the world got their style from Silk to Shocker. There you
0: go. There you go. So talk to me about that, meeting your favorite rapper. Mm, he had a different process. You know, like when I got in the studio, I, he had a different process in there. And it was,
1: <laughs> I know. I guess.
0: It wasn't what I expected. Um, I appreciated watching it. I can imagine to be like, All right, cut the beat off. I'm just gonna rap now. Take this rap, whatever. I don't (laughs) want
1: to,
0: I don't don't want to really say anything because if I say some stuff, I'm saying like he he had his own process, right? Talk to me,
1: man. What he did three lines, got it. Was like,
0: (laughs) You know, he, he used to when I was a kid, he would say stuff like he'd do like a whole album in a week, but um. That didn't happen, I don't think.
1: Nah, he took him forever to get
0: in. I mean, it it, it wasn't quick. <laughs> it wasn't quick. But it, it gave me more confidence in the studio because, you know, at first, when I first started getting in there, I would mess up. I would think I'm, you know, wasting the engineer's time and all this stuff. And to watch his process and how he went through things, uh, it just kind of gave me more confidence to get in there.
1: So he was extremely slow when yeah. it came to recording. Yeah,
0: he was, uh, yeah. It wasn't it fast, yeah. and and. I stayed and watched the whole thing. I didn't leave. Other people they got up and left. They had stuff to do, but I stayed and watched the whole thing cuz that's my favorite rapper. And I mean, as a person, I like, you know, he was like, you know, he's an athlete, he like the hoop and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. So, yeah, yeah. You know, he he was cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> nigga took longer than they could rap. <laughs>
0: It was, hey, but he got it out He and wanted that, to get it, bro And bruh. that shit used to come out hard I ain't gonna yeah. no count he got it how I he ain't gonna count, yeah. man Because I remember
1: yeah. when I used to I'm like, man, this nigga suck, man Me can get on I know I can get on yeah. But yeah, I mean I'm talking about He used to come with them hits But he had that machine and, behind him, and, too
0: And he had that charisma, right? He had the yeah. girls uh, The girls love Silk So that's probably why I like him too Goddamn, Silk the shocker, man
1: And you know what? I'm pretty sure that I at least Bought one of his albums Silk the shocker Shots out Silk, man I'm just messing <laughs> with you, Silk You still don't rap on beat Cool though, <laughs> he had some hits though. They can't take that away from him. Right. It, it, so so it was it was it disappointing, or or was it just like yo man, I'm I, I'm in
0: here with my favorite rap. Nah, because I'm like I'm into rap. I'm not you know like hip hop is the culture. Like I like rappers. So I don't you know to me like Silk made hits. For I don't sure. care how it what For you sure. had to do to get a hit. You know, sure. you got all these freestyle dudes that couldn't pay the rent. They were hard. They could, you know, freestyle. They could rap for an hour straight, but they couldn't pay the rent. And Silk had his process, and and he had platinum records. I'm more impressed with the platinum records because that's sure. what I like. You know what I'm saying? I like that. Hey, Silk, you sold so, more than me,
1: but Right. So you know, Charlie boy took me out. <laughs> the, it, 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 Charlie it, boy would hit his interview and cuss you. I'll be messing with you, Charlie. Cool. Go ahead, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: It's just like different process. You know, you got to respect everybody's process. Everybody's was different. And um, his was different. I watched it. I learned a lot from
1: him. I can't, I'm trying to think of the, the longest I've seen a rapper record a verse <laughs> in the studio. Um, it would probably have to be TK Kravitz. Shouts out TK. I did a song back in the day with uh, TK Kravitz and Cash. TK and Cash. Uh, they had this song Mind Right and three times in a row. And I remember TK was in there recording his verse for two hours. I'm like, boy, I'm not even sure if I want this song. It came out hard as hell, Right. Though.
0: But, you know, some people take their time, they cook up slow. And see, Jada, Jada was different. Jada took a little time to write, yeah. but when he got in the studio, it was done. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he took a I little mean, longer to write the verse. Yeah. He got in there and boom. Yeah, and a lot
1: of people say that about Wayne. Like, you know, you pay Wayne $100,000 for a verse and he be done in 15 minutes. You're like, damn, this nigga just took my $100,000 in 15 so, minutes.
0: So when I was with Rodney, one of the, one of the things I wish that I, had, I they went to New Orleans to be with Wayne in Cash Money. Yeah. I didn't go. and uh, and uh And Rodney came back just totally blown away by Wayne by how he get in the booth wouldn't write nothing and just come up with the hardest stuff. It actually like Rodney even actually started doing some gospel rap after that. And he started doing it the kind of the same style with Wayne where he wouldn't get in right, he just get in the booth and do it. But he was like blown away by Wayne.
1: Yes, that's how we man. Weezy love. Yeah he made he, he probably he probably he cause I know Jay Z was the first one to kind of like coin the phrase of I don't write, but Wayne kind of I think all of us kind of fought. Because I stopped writing up there. I'm like, Wayne well, don't write. No he just going in there and just, you know what I'm saying? And I think, I think we kind of took after that. Like, hey, man, play the beat. All right, get this line off. Get the second line off. You know what I'm saying? Play it back. Okay, cool. And just like, go as you go. You know what I'm saying? Shots out Weezy F. <laughs> now, the last of my legendary stories, I think at least, You seen Alicia Keys so drunk that you didn't even notice her. <laughs> Yo, yeah. okay. First and foremost, how did okay? Describe to me Alicia Keys drunk first and foremost. No, she wasn't drunk. I was drunk. You was drunk.
0: She was sober. Yeah. Oh, so
1: you was so yeah. drunk that you didn't even notice Alicia Keys yeah. was drunk. Oh yeah, you gotta tell me the story. And, so you know, first of all, you and know what were you
0: drinking? All right, we we'll get to that. So okay. You know, you you, know, you, can't, you, know, you can't you know you don't can't handle you. I, I was drinking the first experience ever with Incredible Hulk's. <laughs> Ever. I used to love them. First experience that ever. That Hennessy and Hypnotic. What? AVA.
1: I used to go to Norfolk State. on one, but Yeah. I, to, I, was, I was harder to pay with them green credit blocks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so we were in Houston. Yeah. And the, the big homie, he was having a party, Alicia Keys' party. And the party was like, everybody was dressed in like suits and it was like $100 to get in. You know, it was, it was a big party. And so we were at like the, the regular hotel. Like a regular courtyard hotel room, not a big suite, nothing. I'm in there with like three or four dudes that I hadn't seen in a minute. and Alicia Keys in the room with us and I did not notice her. Then we went downstairs to the to the lobby. I'm standing there and people talking to me. She's standing beside me. Did't notice her. We got to the party. everybody wearing suits. I got on some jeans and a throwback jersey and some Air Force ones. They have a a, a fashion show with bad mo- I walk right through the middle of it, like just act is crazy. At the end of the next morning, they asked me, they say, you remember Alicia Keys? I was like, no. Nah. They were like, what you talking about? She was standing right beside you. I didn't even see her. That's how drunk I was. Crazy night. <laughs> Incredible hoax. Incredible hoax. Shots out hypnotic. They
1: still make hypnotic, man. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Biz, they still got hypnotic in the liquor store. Yeah. Bro, that was some of the best shit. Man. That Hennessy and hypnotic. Yeah, that was I remember the Thug Passion when he put the Alize in the Hennessy. Yeah. I think I might have made my first baby on that goddamn that's shit. It. I'm incredible. But you know, cause the whole thing is like it's all liquor. You think like it like it tastes sweet, yeah. but you got Hennessy, you got like two parts hennessy and another part goddamn hypnotic. Like that's straight liquor. The whole yeah. thing is liquor, man. You be fucked I, up.
0: I want no big drinking. That tastes like Kool-Aid, so I yeah, kept exactly. drinking it and drinking it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, my partner that was with me, we found him in the bathroom, uh passed out in the bathroom that night at the party. So I I, I should I thought I came off uh good not so past that. You- <laughs> So how
1: did you realize that you was partying with Alicia Keys?
0: Man, they told. I mean, I knew it was her party. Yeah. It was the Alicia Keys party, but I didn't see it. They told me the next day. They were like, "What you talking about? She was standing right beside you." And think about how beautiful she, you know she is. I didn't even notice yeah. her. That's crazy. I was like, "Man, I need to leave this. hypnotic alone." Yeah, you need to leave it alone, bro. You could have, you could have, you might have been able to get in there with the moves. You know what I'm saying? That you could put that freak boy. Around. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Before hey. shit, we,
1: we didn't even talking about goddamn verses with freak boy. Hey. <laughs> Oh man! Shout out hey, man. Look, crazy stories, crazy life, man. Just uh, like I say, man, like 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 the hood Forrest Gump, bro. You just around like a whole lot of greatness at it at sure. at, at, at one point in time. Now now, with with your career going, given you're around all this greatness, and you know you seeing because one thing about it, a lot of back then, a lot of people didn't get to be close, up close and personal with the game. You know, we were all looking. At least I was looking from home on BET. You know, what I'm saying it seems so far-fetched. And the fact that you're, you know, next to these people and you you seeing oh this person's famous now, this person's famous now. Like, um, talk to me about like like first like investing in your craft and, and really getting into it.
0: I mean, I thought really when I first started rapping, it was it was like a like it was just a lick. Like I thought it was gonna be real easy. I was like literally the fir- I went in the studio. I made my first song. Was on the radio the next day. And I was like, see, it's as easy as I said it was. Why y'all <laughs> tripping?
1: Yeah, that would been easy.
0: And uh, I mean, I, you know, that was, like East Texas, dude, I mean, it was going hard. You drive by the uh the car wash, everybody blasting it, you know what I'm saying? Local, like, all, it was easy. And um, then the next time I had a song on the radio, probably about six years later. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought it was easy, <laughs> and, I, and, and I didn't work hard because of that. I waited on other people. I mean, the the story of, of the early years is it was hurdles in front of me, and the hurdles would always stop me. So, you know, sometimes the money dry up. And I was just like, eh. We had we had a real big song in 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 Toronto and uh, the dude was about ready to invest a bunch of money and he got killed. And I was like, what am I gonna do now? And so instead of just pushing, we kind of stopped for a little bit. So I mean, you know, the, the the advice I can give to young rappers, especially, is like, don't stop. You know, there's gonna be some hurdles. You gotta you gotta push through them. And that's the difference here. Like, um, shout out to VA Booking. He hooked us up. shout out of VA. Yeah, he, you know we had, we had it going pretty good before COVID. Yeah, and then COVID hit, and it kind of just uh, slowed, everything slowed everything down. down. And like in previous times, that would have like crushed me, and I just would have been like, you know what? But we pushed through it. You know, VA VA stuck stuck with me, and you it's know, bad. really pushed through it. We made more records, and then when when COVID was over, and I could travel again, we got back out there.
1: You know, the thing about this game is. And think about anything in life. You know, you, you almost don't want it easy, though. You know what I'm saying? Because if it's too easy, you don't respect it, like you said before, yeah. right? You know, you you don't appreciate it. I mean, sometimes you gotta you gotta go through some trials and tribulations to, for for it to stick. You, and, and 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 plus the fact that you don't want anybody to easily be beside you as far as where you're going in your career. Like I, I think about, it, I'm like, man, I I had to work hard to get mm-hmm. to where I'm at. Yeah, uh, I'd be kind of pissed if somebody just got um, you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, I think I think the people that take the stairs to success versus the elevators always last longer. Well,
0: some something, something that some someone said to me was like, enjoy the journey, right? And so and so other people in my situation be like, oh man, like it was about to happen and it didn't happen. And it, for me, I enjoyed the journey. Like like look at all the stories we just told. You know, the life I've lived. um... And and like you said, we still here doing it, you know, the, the, the record's now hot, like Facts. everything's going. So at first, like I said, it was a little bit of a lick. I didn't, I didn't love music, but now, like if, if nobody's going to pay me to record, I'm still going to record. Facts. I'm still going to write songs because I love this. I love the process. I love the creative. I love all of it. So over the, over the journey, I've learned to really love this.
1: Well, you know, this is the Ugly Money podcast, and ugly money means the process of success. Everything between your first dollar and your first million, that's ugly money. Now, I know there was a time in your life where things seemed like it wasn't going to work out. You've had some ups, some downs, some highs, some lows. Tell me about a time in your life where you fell down and you had to get back up and how you did it.
0: Well, I mean, when the homie got killed, you know, like like I said, he was like the biggest fan. Um, and it was it was on some dumb stuff, like, you know. I'm not saying he went. It, it was just dumb. It was out of the blue, and and we we're just all ready for him to put the money in and and take it to the next level. Uh, and we didn't. I didn't handle that very well. We just kind of you know, backed up from the music and didn't do much for a while. Um, then recently, like I said, with the COVID, that smacked us right in the face because we were really rolling. We just come off you know, VA put together a great like promo tour yeah. and we we're hot. And then you know it went Bam. away. So um, but that time we were, like I said, we pushed through it. So. I think the, the difference is, like like I said, I learned, like anything worth it, you got to push through it. For sure. You
1: know?
0: Push sure. out. Figure out another way. I felt the same way when Charlie Boy came out when I looked good. <laughs> but look what you did. <laughs>
1: Charlie Boy, I got to get you on the podcast. <laughs> we got to have a talk about that damn record. <laughs> I still think that nigga stole my song. <laughs> hey, man, D-Ray told me, D-Ray told me, hey, man, call me back when you got another record.
0: <laughs> hey, but, but check <laughs> this out. That shit was 15 years ago. <laughs> with, with Charlie, I did the record with Charlie in 14. Oh wow! And guess what record he was pushing at the time was Thick Fine Woman. Wow! And that hit this summer. Think about that. That's crazy. That song was done back then, and it hit this summer like eight. What's that? Eight years later. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta. Sometimes you gotta stay on that record. Crazy, right? Sometimes you gotta just you
1: know just stay the course. Everybody yeah. think the record gonna pop off the first day. It
0: took him eight years with that one.
1: You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, uh, I heard a wise man say once, man. You know, an apple you can plant. You can plant an apple seed, and if you plant an apple seed in the ground. You wait a year, nothing happens. And what does a person do? Oh, it must be something wrong with the ground. So they dig the apple seed up, and they plant it somewhere else. And guess what? You got to start the process over. What people didn't understand was it takes five years for an apple tree to grow. And sometimes you gotta leave it in the ground and let it let it grow a little right. bit. You know what I'm saying? I think that's uh, I think that's both of our careers for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, really? hey man, you know what I'm saying? That apple tree's starting to grow. You know what I mean? We just had to put it in the ground a couple yeah. of times. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just and just let it sit there. And, you know and but that's but but people that like I say people that take the stairs and people that that actually live life and enjoy the process they last longer. No doubt. You feel what I'm saying? If you had to take the long way up, you got to take the long way down. Mm-hmm. If you took the elevator up, buddy, guess what? You're going to take the elevator right back down. Yep. And how many people have we seen in the industry that just shoot up real fast and then <clears throat> unfortunately they shoot right back down?
0: Yeah, and you just wonder how much they loved it too, right? They might have been looking for that lick. They got in it and it was out. You know, they, didn't they had a And got down, gang licked their ass, boy. Right. They had the right team around them. So talk to me about recording in your truck. <laughs> Man, so. That's just what it was, man. I mean, it was when I, I did the uh, the mixtape with Tite. and I was I was standing in Toronto. he was in, he was in Texas, so he sent me all his stuff, and we didn't have a studio, and shit, we just we were working. me and my boy were working a real job, yeah, and when everybody go, we just we were still on the clock we, we, we recorded it in the truck, got it all done, he went, went to the studio mixed it, but we recorded it in the truck
1: now after after, after being on paid in full set, working with Ronnie Jerkins. Uh, partying with uh with Alicia Keys, all these things that happen in your life. How hard is it to go
0: back to a regular job? I never really had a regular job. That was this. I mean, I've never really. That's not really been my thing. I'm I'm always been an entrepreneur. That was like a a short period, and I did it just so we really could do that. Yeah. So it wasn't really a regular job. When I started this stuff, I had a regular job, and I hated it. <laughs> sure. And that's that's why that's why I went to you know started started being more creative and doing things. But I really haven't had too many regular jobs.
1: I um I was in the military for eight years, and um, I, even though I appreciate the eight years that I took in the military, I hated every day of it. I, I, I literally dreaded getting up for PT, and, mm-hmm. and I don't make my bed today, because I used <laughs> to have to make my bed every day in the military. You know, I got to mate. But anyway, <laughs> you know, uh, I think it's important that people, what they do with their lives is something that they would do for free. Right. Basically, if you had a regular job, whatever you do when you get off work, that's what you're supposed to be doing with your life, Right. you know. And so, but sometimes that doesn't pay very well starting out. Like, talk to me about like the journey of just the ups and downs and how you stuck through it and stuck
0: to your guns. Like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I mean, like I said, I've admitted I didn't at first. You know, I, w- I would give up on stuff. Um, and then, you know, once the money got a little bit better, like I said, I'm an entrepreneur. I do. You know, I got a different different streams and. You know, once the money got better, it became a little bit easier. You know, when, when you had that money, but when you're struggling, you're just kind of trying to keep your head above water, and that's tough. And that's when you gotta have a real good team around you. Um, I was lucky to have some good friends around me, but I didn't necessarily have a good team. Mm. So now I feel like I have a real good team. It's hard and right I keep there. my head up. I
1: had some good friends around me, but I didn't necessarily have a good team. That's tough. What's something about Freak Boy that nobody knows or people
0: don't know? <laughs> well see like when you're a free boy you're gonna think like like you know Luke or, or maybe uh B King, something like that. No, trust and, me, I heard it. And yeah, I got those records. But uh I also kinda got the the kind of the love records and stuff like that. And I, if you say what's the what's the the one thing about me that people wouldn't expect, yeah, I, I love romantic comedies. I love watching romantic comedies. It's weird as hell, but that's what it is. This nigga going to see 40 years of shit. <laughs> 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 I love romantic comedies, bro. Is it? So it's a different hey. side. I, <laughs> That's dope though. I, I got the love records too, bro. To go with the, to go with the uh, you know, the the freak gang records, I got yeah. the love records too.
1: Hey man, you know my favorite romantic, Not it ain't a romantic comedy. You know my favorite, my favorite chick movie? Twilight. Is that a chick movie? Man, I love
0: that. See, from my, from, my, from. my favorite love in basketball.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Oh, oh, bro, hold on. We got stories yeah. about that. Yeah. Hey, Love and Basketball got me through college, sir. Right. Sir, let me tell you yeah, something. On, let me, me tell you something, man. VCU 2001. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm dating myself. There was there was a couple of movies that you had to have in your VHS, because we still have VHS tapes. Don't worry about it, mind your business. <laughs> yeah. We still have VHS tapes. So before I left home to go to college, I taped Love and Basketball, Jason's Lyric, and Love Jones on the same cassette tape. There, Feel right. what I'm saying, bro, it never failed. Whenever you put love in back, you, cause the thing to do back then was, hey man, come to the dorm, let's watch a movie. Mm-hmm. But by the time they got to halftime, see, <laughs> I had already won the game. See, That's what I'm talking well, about? as soon as Maxwell said, this woman's work. Yeah, no, this word. what, what, so, yeah.
0: the girls get to. Oh, yeah, I love that song. <laughs> See, that's what it is, bro. Right?
1: right. Hey man. You had to have that in your arsenal, man. You right. had to have, you know what I'm saying? Now the Jason Lyric was the flower that had a scene. Goddamn. I think it was Jada Pink. Jada Pink always get her ass toe up in the movie. Um Jason Lyric, Jason Lyric's the goddamn the flower scene. The flowers look, 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 bro, she 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 fucking the nigga in the goddamn um in the in the grass. And why they why they get into it, the nigga the flowers start growing it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, baby, you wanna see the flowers? <laughs> <laughs> he got some dick. She ain't getting no flowers. goddammit. Hey man, shout out to romantic comedy.
0: Jason, Jason lyric made me know I was gonna like Texas <laughs>
1: for sure. <laughs> no facts, bro. Yeah. That flower scene, sir. That flower is yes. Yeah. Sir, sorry, if you've never seen Jason lyric, no, I know I a younger brother. Jason. Oh, you have seen it? You gotta we gotta pay attention to the flowers. Next time you got it. Next time you got a little yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put pop, pop to Jason lyric. Go on Netflix. Go to Jason lyric. You know y'all. We don't have cassette tapes more. Netflix. Go to Netflix. top in Jason lyric. Irresistible. <laughs> she gonna see the flowers, my G. It's just gonna do something to her, dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, what can we expect from the future for Freak Boy, man? What's 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 the horizon? What are we looking at?
0: So we dropping the Ice Ice record with D. Raw. D. Raw out of Houston. Shout out D. Raw. Shout out. Uh, crazy energy. And we did the we did record um, you know, a while ago. We finally shot the video. Uh, we were supposed to release it on Friday, but we had some distribution problems. So we're going to come out next Friday. Okay. But we already had the release party. Went to Houston. Went crazy. Then uh, on Saturday night, we were at Tiger Tiger. VA set that up. Yes, um, sir. And, and, and so this week, we're just kind of you know, pushing that. And then Friday, we're going to drop Ice Ice. Uh, Ice Ice. We went with Ice Ice because the legendary Swamp Izzo told me to. Shout out Swamp man. Yeah, we b yeah, a set up a dinner. We sat down. He listened to some reggae, He Said Ice Ice the one you got to go with. So uh, so that's what we, that's what we're rocking with. Uh, D-Raw actually came to, to Atlanta with me. He been with me the last couple of days. Um, went crazy, and then um, we just finished shoot, shooting a video for Freak Game with that's with, uh B King and Sukiana.
1: Shouts out, shout out B King.
0: So you already know how, you know how that video gonna go.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could Freak Boy <laughs> and Sukiana on the same record sounds like. Uh, <laughs> Cool
0: <laughs> boy. Yeah, so we shot we shot Suki in Atlanta. and We shot uh, with Beat King in Houston. That's hard. So that we're gonna do that, and then we're gonna see how it go. We're, is it gonna be another single? We're gonna drop a an EP. I'm thinking about dropping an EP with a because most of the videos I already shot. They just kind of shoot a movie, and uh, you know, like a six song EP with a movie and and all the videos. That's dope, man.
1: You know, one thing I love about Beat King, he is like the most humblest famous motherfucker in the world, bro.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I went to so we actually recorded at Beat King's house. You know what I'm saying? And and he just said, Come over, we sit in the living room, yeah, <laughs> record recorded the hook, and that was it.
1: And you know, I think it's I think it's genius because he is unapologetically young. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He mean he, he ain't gonna wear the biggest chain mm-hmm. He gonna wear he gonna he gonna wear no chain. He, yeah, he's gonna have that damn black
0: t-shirt yeah. with something stupid on it. Right. And he just gonna he gonna work his move. He, he showed up for the video, no security, no entourage, no get to work and that's hard, Yeah,
1: hard. That's hard. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? Like, and, and when I remember when I met him like he's one of those real people that you know you shake his hand he look you in your eye like and then i was surprised that he remembered me like yeah i remember bro you know what yeah. i'm saying like you know b king is definitely a solid one and he don't do all that weird rapper shit man shots out b king man and, and, and
0: Suki too though man cause yeah like, when we shot the video met her. she was supposed to be there for like she was supposed to be there like for like four o'clock and her plane got delayed she was flying in her plane got delayed so we pushed we pushed the back. And then her plane got delayed again, and then they rerouted her to Charlotte. She didn't even get into like 12, bro. And, and she could have easily just said, I'm not coming. Like, you know what I mean? Like, wow. it's been a long day, I'm not coming. She showed up, got ready, got on set, killed it. I mean, we didn't get out of there till late, but she did her thing. She could have easily just been like, Psh, I'm not doing this song, you know what I mean? I, we could do it another day. But uh, I give her all the respect because she came in f- and, and got, the, got it done. Shouts out to Freaky, and right? Hey, man. I got a couple more million views, bro. <laughs>
1: Like they go Nietzsche, goddamn. You know, one in the back was never mind. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, before we get
0: out of here, man, let them know to the follow you at where they can, where they can check you out, where they can tap in with Freak Boy. Yeah, my, my original page got hacked, so we're on the new page now. Okay, it's uh big freak, big dot freak, and freak is F R E E K. So big freak, where you run the numbers back up, Um and that, so that's where you follow me on on Instagram. Same with the TikTok. That's actually the TikTok is Freak Boy SG Inc. Um, so it's really those two platforms on YouTube. It's Mr. Freaky T, um, and you see some. Yeah, you know, put that freak in. There. <laughs> oh, I'm saying that, yeah. that, you know that that's the old. So you see some of the old videos. The Southern Girls, Edgar Stevens uh, directed. And he's like the biggest in the game now. I got some. I got Johnny Blaze. Me and Johnny go way back. Oh man! Johnny, uh, Johnny danced to that. Southern Johnny's girls. my sister, so, man. So they say, hey. So in Toronto, they talk about who had the first million views on YouTube, and they talk about who did it, who did it, who did it. I was the first one. I got two million views with Johnny Blaze. You can look at the number's still up there. How you like that, soldier boy? Yeah. <laughs> so I got, I got two million views, views with Johnny. How you like that, soldier boy? That was back in Johnny's Houston days. So, um, she killed that for me, and I mean, you know, that song was doing great. That's how Johnny believes, you know? man. And the videos, the videos still. You know, look good. The two models I had in both blew up, both stars now.
1: Man, you got the body touch, man. Right. I
0: gotta shake your hand again after this. <laughs> right.
1: damn everybody, hey. everybody freak around, boy. I, I, but I need I, it.
0: I wish I was like that with stocks. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, man, you can follow me at Ugly Money Nietzsche. That's Ugly Money, N-I-C-H-E. This episode is being brought to you by Engorge Rejuvenation T, promoting erection, improving stamina, promote size, increasing size, and boost libido. Go to engorge.com. That's dot gcom to get yours today. All-natural male supplements. Shouts out to Shoe Crazy. We've been sipping on this all day. black on triple distilled vodka wine experience. Follow them at Shoe Crazy Wine. Remember, the bigger the dream, the bigger the risk, the bigger the payoff. This has been the Ugly Money Podcast. Whip Freak boy. <laughs>